Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to find freedom from the shame and pressure of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode with Lynn Wilder and Joel Grote as they and their guests share personal stories and wisdom from the Bible that just might surprise you. We invite you to experience a grace that heals. Hello, everybody, and once again, welcome back to the Unveiling Grace podcast. We are in part three of a story, but that's all I get to say. So I'm Joel Grote. <laughs> and I'm Lynn Wilder. And we're with Edith and Daniel Busey, and they're telling us their story. And uh, we're just about to their temple marriage. And then when their questioning began, welcome back. Please go back to the first two uh, parts with these two, because you'll want to hear how their stories begin. Daniel's currently at BYU and his wife, who has an infant, um, well, she's what at this age, two or three? Uh, she's probably one and a half. Okay. One and a half, All one and right. Half yeah. But, yes. but you're living in Provo and you two anticipate getting married. So you got married in the Provo temple or did you go back to Kentucky? <laughs> We got married in the Nashville, Tennessee temple. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, awesome. so I guess catch us up. So you were in, you're engaged. Um, you're both living and working in Provo. So kind of pick up there with the engagement, family responses, and then how, and then why you ended up getting married in the Tennessee temple. Well, it's close to their home. Yeah. Was oh, that, that's that true. Was close. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, we were. We, we were engaged we got engaged um my my mom was super excited about it she was like yay returned missionary first mm -hmm. daughter to get married in the temple a first child period to get married in, in the temple so like this was her dream come true right wow. um daniel's parents were not super excited um so i i remember like at one point, his mom came up to me and was like, you know, Daniel is just being a return missionary. So you don't have to like feel pressured to marry him. He's just being a return missionary. Oh, wow. Because before you leave your mission, your mission president says, go home and get married, right? Yeah. So you yeah. took that seriously. Um, uh, but they, you know, they, he was like, no, I'm, I'm marrying her. We'll get married and you know take it or leave it and it, it took them a little bit but they accepted it and um so yeah they love me now so it's it's good um so yeah that's and we we went back to kentucky and got married so how long did you so how long did you stay then in provo while you were engaged were you just there like a matter of months we, then yeah yeah it was just a few months well we flew home got to get married and then flew back and and stayed in provo until i think that fall so we were, or maybe this summer. anyway, I, I can't remember how long we were there, but, but we did okay. go back to Kentucky so that I could graduate. So okay. then jobs came along, kids came along and where were you living? Well, um, Oops. after we got married, after we got married, we lived in Kentucky for a while. Then we went back out to Utah 
And from Utah, we went to Florida, which is where we lived most. We've lived most of our married life. We lived in Florida. Um, and so, yeah. The, yeah. We, we had... had um, we had, uh, so our... We had the first one who I adopted her in Utah. I adopted her and we got Aww. sealed to her in Utah. And I, cool. I will like to like mention that like I don't, the first time being in Utah, I didn't like it. And the second time I was not excited about being there, but I did feel like we needed to be there. And, and I really do believe that um, the reason we needed to be there was so that that was going to be the place where Daniel was going to be able to, to, to adopt our daughter. Like that's where it was supposed to happen. That's where it was going to be the easiest for it to happen. And I really do feel like that was um, God working in our lives. Like there's no question in my mind about that. Yeah. You know, that's that God's had his hand on your lives from the beginning. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though you were LDS. Right. Yeah. And for people who are maybe just joining this episode three in part one, Edith talked very candidly about what it was like to B, um, she got pregnant out of wedlock as a teenager, LDS. She's third generation. She was third generation LDS. And so um, she just shared a lot about that. And so that's, and Daniel's parents were part of the same ward. Um, Daniel knew her from the time he was like nine or 10 years old. So there's a lot of family history, but we just go back to episode one and two of this series with them and you can kind of get the rest of the story. Um, so, okay, so so at this point, then you're kind of living the LDS dream, right? Um, married children, married in the temple. Um, yeah. I'm Living assuming where? you're getting callings. Most of, most of our married life, we lived in um, Florida, Southwest Florida area. Okay. And um, now you're in Tennessee. Tennessee, yep. yeah. So we have five kids. Um, they're really close in age, about two to three years apart they're, each. They're, they're three years apart, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. We're very organized. <laughs> nice, way <Yeah>. to go. <laughs> so into going to like where, you know, my faith crisis kind of started, I'd like to first um, say that I have always been curious about people and their stories and um, mm -hmm. where, why they are, where they are, why they believe what they believe. And in a very, um, respectful manner, I just want to understand people. That's yeah. my big thing. Mm. Um, and through our, throughout our married life, we struggled a lot financially school, um, having a lot of kids. It was always a struggle. Um, but while he was in law school, I had a part-time job, um, as a massage therapist, um, and so I had a couple of jobs here and there, um, but through these jobs, I got to know this um, young woman um, who she had gone to school to be a chiropractor. So that's how I got to know her. I, I mostly worked um, in chiropractic settings as a massage therapist. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of became friends. She gave me a job for a long period of time. Um, and she has, she has been one of the best people I've ever met. Um, mm -hmm. Very caring. She's always wanting to help out her community, wanting to help the needy. Um, and it was through working with her that I think when I think back, I feel like that's where I started kind of questioning, you know, because she was not LDS, mm. but she did so much for her community um, as much as she could. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it always like just brought me back to like, but she's not LDS. Like, why is she being this way? Okay. And that's a huge aha for um, lots of LDS folks to realize that the Holy Spirit can operate outside of the one true church. That's a huge aha, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, you know, she started her practice. She had a small practice. It was like 500 square feet practice. Um, She had like two massage therapists and just herself. And then she you know, she grew to this huge practice. She's got like 3000 square feet now. She's got so much going on. She's hired so many people and all the people that she has, she has hired um, up until, you know, when I worked with her last, they're these amazing people. Like one of them, it's a gay couple, you know, it's a lesbian couple and they're the same way that she is. You know, they're like, they're so loving and they're always there to help out. They're always wanting to do things for the needy um and there's a jehovah's witness Witness. he he became really close to me because we kind of had you know similar beliefs and things like that and we talked religion and tried to understand each other and 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 our boss was super respectful of his beliefs she was super respectful of my beliefs she wasn't judgmental she was like you know we're not gonna have a christmas holiday because so-and-so doesn't celebrate like we're just going to wait till the new year and just have dinner together you know she was that kind of person um and that's where for me it started like but how can these people not be blessed how can these people not have the chance to go to heaven and they're such good people even better than some of the eldest people i knew even better Mm. than me you know and, and that's where it started for me. And I was just, it, I was trying to make sense of that. Yeah. Of how can, how can this be, you know? And, and they, they drank alcohol. Um, she loved her wine. She loves wine. And so she was like, always talking about her wine. And, um, and I was just like, how, like, why? Like, you're a sinner. You drink alcohol. How can yeah, you, how can you be, how can you be such a yeah. good person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yet it sounds and, like she was putting people above rules, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and that's, that's where it started for me. And then the other thing was during this time, um, dur- over the years, some of the, um, some of Daniel's good friends that he went to law school, um, little by little, they started, they, they were LDS. He, had, he went to law school with a large LDS group. Okay. Um, and so little by little, one of them, each family started leaving the church and the, the very first one, his family, like he, I was writing, I was thinking about it last night. I'm like, he's the kind of guy that would have become a prophet. Like that's how good of a person he was. That's how (laughs) Daniel viewed him. That's how I viewed him. He Mm -hmm. was just an amazing guy. Um, and, and, and his family left the church and, and my curiosity is like, like, why? I want to know your story. Yeah, what does why he know that I don't know? Yeah. What does he know? And not just that, but how can I avoid what you went through? You know, how can I not fall into what you fell uh, and leave and so that I don't leave the church? How can I avoid um, that? Yeah. Um, and so I reached out, I reached out to his wife at one point and was like, hey, like, you know, I was not super close with her. Um, but I was like, hey, like. Like, what's your story? And she um, she talked to me a little bit about it, like through messaging. We didn't 
talk on the phone or anything. Um, and she was like, you know, just if you really want to know, you know, just start with the gospel topic physics. And um, here's a couple episodes from Mormon stories that you might want to listen to. And so I started to look into it. And, but at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, nope, nope, you got to stop. This is anti-Mormon. You can't. And so I left it alone for like a year. I was like, no, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. So did you watch any of it at all? Or did you just like shut the door before you even opened it? I, I, I would watch like five minute clips or 10 minute clips. Yep. But then that was it. Like, no, I can't put myself in that situation. Um, you know, doubt my doubts, yep. I doubt mm -hmm. my faith, you know, that type of thing. And so about a year later, she makes this post. And, and they've been out of the church by this time, like three or four years now. And she makes this post where she's talking about her leaving the LDS church. And she's like, you know, I don't feel like I have to explain to anyone why we did this, but, um, you know, there are people that are curious and this is why, and I'm doing it for myself. And, and again, I reached out to her and again, we kind of talked about the same things. And by this time, I'm like, we're still struggling financially. It's like, we're making more money, but we're also like, it doesn't seem like we're making more money. Mm -hmm. And and my thought is yeah. like, like we have all these kids because, you know, we thought we would be blessed. And like, yes, my children are healthy and I'm so grateful for that. But doesn't God want us to be able to provide for them? Like, doesn't he want us to be able to do that? And, and if he does, why isn't it happening? Why are yeah. we still struggling? Mm. Why, if I'm doing all the right things and ticking all the right boxes, am I not getting the blessings that I expected, right? Because right. Mormonism is a prosperity gospel. It says in the Book of Mormon that you will be blessed both temporally and spiritually if you live the commandments. So right. you're living the commandments and you're expecting not just spiritual blessings, but temporal blessings as well. Right. right. Um, you know, and then I'm like, I'm, I'm doing all these things. I'm checking off all the boxes. And then my boss, she's not LDS and she drinks coffee and alcohol. And, you know, but she's like, like, you can see that she's doing better every year. And I'm just like, I'm trying to make this work in my head. And anyway, um, I come to the conclusion that God, the, the only thing I really know is that God loves us and mm. that he wants us to find truth and that he does not care where that information comes from, um, but that he wants us to come to our own conclusion. So Jesus in the Bible calls himself truth with a capital T. So there's one place to go for that truth, right? Right. But yeah. you're discovering this still. Right. And so I'm like, okay, well, there are sources out there that I'm not supposed to read. I'm not supposed to listen to, but I feel like God's telling me it's okay. Because if this is going to bring you to know the truth of Mormonism, mm -hmm. then that's good. Um, and so I finally allowed myself to like go all in, you know, and I did promise myself that anything that I found outside of LDS sources I was going to look for in LDS sources to confirm. Okay. Right. That yeah. was my mm -hmm. rule. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so that's, you know, that's what I did. And so about when did this start? How many, how long ago? Like two or three years ago. Okay. So, I mean, at that point, that is available because 10, 15 years ago, it had been really hard to find some of those sources even referenced on the LDS website. They were still trying yep. to pretend they didn't exist, but now they've had to acknowledge them. So you can, most everything you can confirm Right, right. Um, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so, so I, um, you know, I would come across things and I would be like, oh, well, I'm going to look this up in LDS sources. And, um, and I'm going to ask Daniel because he's much wiser and much knowledgeable than I am. He's served a mission. He knows the stuff, right? And so, so any topics like, in particular? Were there any like things you were stumbling upon the, specifically that you remember the that was very like, first, oh. Yeah. The very first thing that caught me off guard was, the second anointing. Ah, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. And I and I remember asking Daniel, I was like, um, hey, have you have you heard about the second anointing thing? And he's like, what? what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's apparently something that gets done in the temple. He's like, I've never heard about it. And he just kind of dismissed it. Like he dismissed a lot of the things I said for a long time. <laughs> um, but you know, I did find a few things on LDS.org that explained a little bit about it. And that really bothered me the second anointing, because I was like, I mean, if you know what it is, essentially is, you, you know, you go through this, what do you call it, ritual, or that mm -hmm. pretty much says you're saved, you know, you're, you're, you're guaranteed, your election is made sure, your godhood and salvation, yeah, mm -hmm. right, Romney and, had it um, done right before the election, really, mm -hmm. and that Supposedly. bothered me, because, well, the reason it bothered me was like, was because, only certain people get picked to have that done to get that assurance. And they get, yeah. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. they get picked by other people. And my thing was, how can you decide whether this person should be saved or have their election made sure? Like why not says me? only Jesus knows your heart and he's the judge, right? right? Yeah. yeah. And that, that really bothers me because I'm like, I, I am no one to be telling somebody else you know, like <laughs> you should be like, in or not. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so, your husband yeah. was a bishop. So he was in essentially doing that for other people at some times. Right. Yeah. The, the keys to the atonement. That was one of the keys. The key to the atonement was one of the keys that the bishop had. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you run into the second anointing, anything else that you ran into that? Um, I think for me, that was, that was the biggest thing. I'm like, I am no one to be picking anyone. And who is anyone to be picking anyone? So um, did you, in this questioning, did you ever um, want to give up your relationship with God? Did you ever go through an agnostic or an atheistic stage once you realized Mormonism wasn't quite what you thought it was? No, no, I, I, um, I, I want to do what Christ wants me to do. Mm. I've, I've always had that belief. Mm. Um, and I remember telling my sister-in-law at one time, like, I just want to do what he wants me to do. Like, and why didn't he just tell me what he wants me to do? And she <laughs> yeah. was like, he does. It's in the Bible. <laughs> um, but that was, you know, the Bible was just second to the book of Mormon. Um, mm -hmm. And then learning about the book of Mormon and, um, you know, I mean, I think for a lot of LDS people, that's always a question, you know, like, where did this really happen? There's no yeah. proof of it ever happening anywhere. 
Right. Yeah, one of our last episodes, we were pointing out that there are 30,000 archaeological digs that prove the Old Testament alone, and there's not one for the Book of Mormon. So yeah. why didn't we know that as LDS? Yeah. Yeah. So then how, so then at what point do you transition from, okay, I'm giving myself permission. I want to seek truth. So because I want to seek truth, I'm going to give myself permission to look for truth to then going, wow, truth isn't found in the LDS system like I found it was. I think for me, I think just reading everything, like especially starting with the gospel topics essays. I even asked him about it. I'm like, have you read the gospel topics essay? He's like, I don't even know what that is. I'm like, you're a bishop, you should know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just, Google you know, it, just, right? yeah, just reading that, like, when they're talking about how, like, the Book of Mormon is, it's more, we use it more for its inspirational, you know, value than its historical value. And I'm like, wait, that's not what I was taught. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I taught, I was taught this was history, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, Blacks in the Priesthood, like, just realizing that it wasn't really revelation. It was just probably, it was the time. Yeah. Of, of you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, and all those little things was just like, maybe it's just not what it says in it. And, um, you know, throughout this time, I'm asking Daniel different questions and he's just kind of like, oh, I don't know, just kind of dismissing me. And then um, one night I, again, am asking him about the, the second anointing and he just looks at me and he's like, all right, just lay it on me. Just tell me everything you've learned. And so I did. And he read the gospel topics essays and we stayed up till like three, four in the morning talking about all these things. And then he went down the rabbit hole for like two weeks. But like, I, I mean, within a few days, he was like, I'm done. He was like, this is not what we were taught it was. Um, and I'm done. Wow. And the so readers for you need to know Daniel's quite intellectual, so if he went down the rabbit hole for three or four days, he probably read 50 books, right? <laughs> <laughs> or the equivalent thereof. Yeah. So again, we're at time and we're going to need one more to wrap this up. Cause we haven't even heard cause Daniel's got his wife who keeps like throwing this stuff out. And I can just, I'm watching and hopefully we'll get this out on video so you can see it. Cause I'm watching his expression. He's like, yeah, yeah. She's throwing this stuff out at me and I'm trying to brush it away, but it finally gets to the point where he's got to go, okay, I got something's going on here. This isn't just like this passing. Oh, it's a little, this is something serious that's affecting my wife. I need to know what she knows. And so he goes deep down the hole himself and finds it. But then we need to hear, because um, sometimes that journey down the rabbit hole takes you not only away from your performance-based religion, it takes you away from any faith in God or the Bible or any of that stuff at all. And so we really like our listeners to hear how people go down that hole, but they come out the other side still with a faith and a trust in God and a relationship with God and an experience of grace that can bring true healing and hope to marriages and relationships. So that's... Well, maybe even at the end of this episode, Edith can give us a minute or two of hope for how she was able to keep Jesus and how things are better. 
Yeah. yeah um, <clears throat> I've actually thought long and hard about this because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like Daniel. Like I'm not, I haven't read like a hundred books. You know, I, I don't have the knowledge that he does, but I, I remember really thinking about him being like, okay, do I believe in Christ? And, and that is a choice that I have made to believe in him. Mm. Um, I don't think that I could live my life not believing in him. I think my life would fall apart. Um, but it was a choice that I made and I'm happy with that choice. Um, I mean, the things that I have learned from reading the Bible as as Dana likes to call it a baby Christian um, has been eye-opening, inspiring, and to know what Christ went through for me yeah. is just it's so humbling. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think anyone can really understand how humbling that is. Um, I don't think we can, as humans, I don't think we can comprehend what that what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we are at the end. <laughs> well, the good news is we can do another final episode with them. And yeah, we need to hear Daniel's rabbit hole. I know he investigated atheism for a time, and we need to talk about that. So, Joel, thank you again for, and you too, thank you for being here for this conversation. A lot of people are beginning to listen to this podcast and what you say will have a far reaching effect by the grace of God. Grace and peace until next time. So long. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We would love to hear how the podcast has helped you. We are so grateful for you, our listeners, and the donations that keep us on the air. To say thank you, we are offering a free gift with a donation of any amount. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free gift button to get yours. Thanks for joining us on the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm-hmm.